Hello and welcome to the Nate Low Rundown. Nate Low. Nate Low. Nate Low. Nate High. <laughs> Nate Far. Nate Deep. Nate, Nate, Nate uh, not super deep, but deep enough. Deep you know, enough. That's the job done. Uh, it's not about the deep of the home run. It's about the home run of the deep. I don't know. Uh, it's, I'm Max. That's Mike. We have a midweek snack for everybody, and it's a, it's going to be the low show today. We are recording this Tuesday night. Nate Lowe's just hit a two-run bomb to support our main man, Dane Dunning. We'll Dane see Dunning. Yeah, he gave up a home run of his own. Luckily, there was no one on base, so we do have the lead. Yeah. So, so we'll see how this uh, second inning goes. That should be fine. I mean, the, obviously, the first play appearance, pretty sweet. Always nice to start off your career with a new team with the strikeout. You don't really want to follow that up with the, uh, I guess, technically, it was two outs before Bichette hit the home run, but still, whatever. It's fine. Uh, game two in the ballpark. Maybe, hopefully, goes slightly better than opening day for us went in the ballpark in terms of box score and and pitching woes. But, uh, eh. And hitting woes. 14 strikeouts yesterday. Yeah, it's not, uh, that seems not very good. It really does. Generally speaking. Not really the one you want. No. No. I and mean, the after they had that great start yeah. over the weekend, I mean, mm-hmm. they lost two of three, but hitting was not their problem over the weekend. No, not so much. And so this time the Rangers decided to supplement the bad pitching with mediocre hitting. <laughs> That's a really bad combo. Yeah. We saw, though, pretty much exactly what I said about Fulton Evitz when we recorded last weekend, that he's kind of, um, you know, when he's good, he's good. When he's bad, he's bad. And we saw that just in one game. Right. He had five strikeouts through two innings. Nobody could touch him, except when they were hitting home runs off of him with guys on base because he'd walked them. So... Yeah, control was a bit of an issue. Um, Max, you mentioned before we got started, his secondaries didn't look so good. Now, the, I thought the slider, which you've pointed out, is is his like best pitch. The broadcast mentioned multiple times that he throws it more often than any other single pitch. He throws his two fastballs more than the slider, but he throws the slider more than either his four or his sinker. Um, and the, the slider, the velocity wasn't up to where... Apparently, he wants it to be where it's more like 86, 87. I was seeing more 83, some 84s, some 82s, but about 83 miles an hour. It looked pretty effective. I mean, he had a bunch of pitches with that slider where it went exactly where Trevino wanted the ball and where hitters were not going to do anything to it. But I did not feel that the quality of his off-speed pitches was there otherwise. It felt like people were pretty easily picking up. Um, you know, balls in the dirt were not getting swings. They were just getting spit on. Uh, and the fastball, he didn't really seem to know where it was going. And so sometimes it was getting punished. Sometimes he was just, like, tricking it by guys at 96 miles an hour. And sometimes it was just missing by two feet. Like, I remember one in particular, Trivino was, like, low and outside. It would have been a third strike. I think it would have ended an inning. And instead it was in the zone, but it was up and in. You know, he missed the spot by the entirety of the plate diagonally. And you're just not going to get that call. He didn't get the call. Um, and then it extended an inning. And like that, that felt very sort of snapshotty of the whole thing, where he wasn't really doing himself a lot of favors, and the stuff that was working, he didn't seem to... You can't just throw sliders, as no. it turns out. You cannot build the whole planet of sliders. But it sounds like that stuff is all fixable, that, you know, it's his first start of the season. Obviously, he had the jitters. He said, you know, getting announced as the starting pitcher and the crowd cheering, he said it was... 
one of the most special moments in his in his playing career, you mm-hmm. know. And so you have to figure the butterflies were in there, which can cause him to be erratic and on his location, um, working on the speed of the slider. I feel like that should come along. And, um, and to be clear, it's not like it was you know a horrific blow up. He didn't Kyle Gibson it. He, he did get through four right. innings. <laughs> he only gave up the four runs. He had to kind of labor to keep it to four. Um, but you know, his third and fourth innings, he didn't allow any more runs. You know, the first inning was long, and the second inning was bad. Uh, and then the third and fourth innings, he he at least kept runs off the board. So he, you know, in theory, kind of kept his team in the game there. It wasn't a nightmare performance, but it so, certainly wasn't the one you know you kind of you kind of wanted. There were some things to look to: seven strikeouts in four innings. I'll take that. So his ERA is not one hundred and thirty-five point oh oh. Uh, no, it is not. He is doing oh, okay. slightly better than that. I do need to check. You know, now that I have got this all pulled up, let's see who our pitching stats leaders are. Wes Benjamin, second on the team, point one wins above replacement according to FWR. Behind one, uh, Jordan Lyles, who uh, I maligned you quite heavily. Yeah, but uh, we'll see how that goes going forward. If uh, the team's best starter is Jordan Lyles, I, I really do continue to think that's more of an indictment of the rest of the pitching staff than it is a shining um, reflection on Mr. Lyles. But, I mean, if he pitches like he did in his first start, that's that would be pretty good. Yeah. It was a good start. Yeah. There's, I mean, no backhanded compliments. He looked good. It was yeah, a good start. It, it can be an indictment on the rest of our staff, but that start yeah. in and of itself was good. So... Hopefully he's learned something and figured some things out. I guess we'll see. And I know the broadcast took some some pains, uh, Emily Jones especially, to point out that um, Lyles is, is taking is getting a proactive position on being okay with this the tandem start thing. Um, apparently, uh, Emily asked him a question about like, so I know you don't really like this whole uh, tandem start thing, but you know what do you what do you have to say about it? And Lyles is like, whoa, 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 let me stop you. Like I haven't said anything about it. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. You know, obviously, I'd like to be just a a guy, you know, a, you know, an ace of the staff or whatever. But um, obviously, I didn't see that statement. It wasn't like a video interview or anything we had. But if that's if they were getting good pitcher buy-in from a more or less established veteran like Jordan Lyles, even on something as unpopular and sort of controversial as you're not good enough to be a starting pitcher, that's at least a good sign from the coaching staff perspective. Maybe we can expect to see more development from our pitchers over the course of the season as they listen to their coaches. Well, and I think that <laughs> the tandem starters aren't etched in stone. It's going to it's gonna change. If Lyles keeps pitching like that, then no, Allard's not going to back him up. Allard's going to be backing up Fulty or whomever, whoever's not getting the job done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and hopefully that's that's not Fulton Evitz, but we'll see. Yeah, um, I mean, it was something I talked about in that the sort of preseason episode is that this is going to be a year for experimenting with pitchers and with pitching loads. And if you can get some like useful production out of guys like Allard or, you know, my man Kyle Cody, who didn't look particularly extraordinary yesterday, unfortunately, right. et cetera, that's, that's where a lot of values have come on the staff. And I think that the, the willingness to be flexible from the beginning, as it was a thing we've gotten for years, which is, hey, we're going to look into that. Yeah, we're going to think about maybe maybe this Rudinador thing, you know, maybe we'll do something about it. And then nothing ever happened and, like, the pitching sucked and nothing new or interesting was occurring until we had, like, a little bit of opener action. 
if we're coming out of the gate saying, hey, we're going to be unorthodox with how tandem starts and, and pitching staffs work, and we're really going to like see what what sticks when we throw this at the wall, that's it. That's something. That's that's nice. I like that. Yeah. It's not maybe the most exciting baseball in the universe, and you'd like your team to have five Clayton Kershaws or Max Scherzers or whatever, but we don't. So that we, get we this. do. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to make this work. One way or another. Yeah, well, um, no one is yeah. mistaking this pitching staff for five aces. So, yeah, nothing to worry about there. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a, a problem going forward. But speaking of um, maybe long-running Rangers experiments that didn't work, we, we do have some interesting news on that front today. And that uh, today, April 6, 2021, the Rugnet Odor era in Texas officially came to a, a more or less total end. Uh, as he was traded to the Yankees today. Yes. Were you expecting to see Odor actually trade? I, I was expecting to hit waivers. You know, I mean, from I think Evan Grant might have said his expectation was if he's going to get traded, then the other te- that the other team is only picking up the uh, the league minimum, which is around five hundred grand per year. Um, the Yankees end up picking up one million per year, so twice what they expected. <laughs> and we got back prospects. Got <laughs> yeah. The fact that we also got prospects was uh, very shocking to me. And, and then, as soon as I saw the names, I knew obviously knew nothing about them. You got a twenty-four-year-old kid who hasn't hasn't played above single A, and then you've got a twenty-year-old kid who hasn't played above rookie ball. Twenty-four-year-old kid not above A ball. That's that's concerning. That yeah, tells, that's he, not really much of anything. Yeah, but the twenty-year-old kind of intrigued me, and I, I apologize, I don't have the names. If you want to interject the names here, um, the twenty-year-old I found out later was um, I think Baseball America had him listed as the Yankees' twentieth best prospect in the minors, and that that really kind of opened my eyes because. Oh. Yeah, it's it's not a top five guy in their system, but top twenty. So Longer Cabello then, Antonio Cabello. Yes, or Cabello. I'm I'm not sure. Cabello probably. He is from Venezuela, so that seems reasonable. And yes. interestingly, I did note. I think it was Levi, maybe one of the beats, pointed out that when uh, the Rangers announced the trade for Cabello, they announced him as a catcher outfielder. Uh, right, it's not caught in the pros, but that that indicates to me that the Rangers knew who this kid was. Like that they, I mean, obviously we don't trade for people we don't know who they are. Um, we hope if, we don't. <laughs> yeah, but if the if the Rangers are announcing a position this kid has not played as like what is when they're acquiring, that 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 shows to me at least some like level of of organizational influence in this guy. There's at least some scout, one of our I can't remember what those scouts are called whose job is to scout other teams' prospects. Um, I, I don't, I don't, not advanced scouts or whatever, I, whatever that is. Um, yeah. Clearly, he's a darling to somebody, and, and that's kind of interesting. That's a little bit more compelling than you know just the, the normal player to be named later nonsense, where it's like he's it's going to be something. You know, we'll we'll get a a guy to help carry bats to the park or something like that. <laughs> and that may be what both these guys turn out to be, and who cares? That's it's fine. I was expecting. Well, the twenty-year-old is a lottery a pick. I mean, he... Odor to stick with Texas that like he wasn't going to get picked up and then we're just going to either have this guy because we could have sent him down to the minors 
um, because he doesn't have enough time and he hasn't been sent down enough times, if I remember right. He, we could have actually sent him to the minors. If he cleared uh, waivers. Yeah, yeah, correct. If he cleared waivers. And I was kind of expecting, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I guess I'm surprised because I was expecting something else. I'm not stunned. I mean, this is a guy who's been in the majors for seven years. He's shown that he could be a good player. Like, there's some good tools there to work with if you think you can coach him up a little bit or, you know, or whatever. Um, and I don't think that Texas has given most organizations a great reason to believe that uh, if Texas couldn't coach him, nobody else can. Ouch. But uh, I am surprised. I, I I was kind of on the position of, like, I think he's just going to slide through and we're going to keep asking these questions and he's going to play some, like, either some sad AAA or he's going to look good enough that we get subjected to this again come July. Um, uh, I'm so glad that that didn't happen. Yeah. I, it, it was It was time. Mm-hmm. And it was well past time, and good luck to him, and and kudos to him for getting to go to a a class organization. I, mean, I hate it's the Yankees. I hate the Yankees. Yeah, I was gonna say I hate the Yankees, but I respect them. That's that's the team. I mean, even if you hate the Yankees, which I did as a child, because you know my childhood experience with baseball was the Rangers finally making the playoffs and then getting smoked by the Yankees in three consecutive playoffs. Oh well, yeah, and the first three that we went to was it ninety six, ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, so ninety six, we actually won a won, game. One game, yeah, and then we got and then swept. Ninety eight, ninety nine, Yep, yep. Jeez, I, and and I was dimly, I was nine years old in nineteen ninety nine. I'm, you know, I'm gonna straight I was up thirty two carbon date myself <laughs> there, and uh, like I don't remember a lot of those seasons. I remember my favorite players, remember Pudge. I distinctly remember getting swept out of the playoffs in nineteen ninety eight and nineteen ninety nine by the New York Yankees, and I will go to my grave remembering that. So. Yeah, until 2010, I had the distinction of being able to say that I had seen every Rangers playoff game played in Arlington, all four of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and as much as I hate the Yankees, though, I did play in a Little League team where I had the NY on the cap. I think a lot of us who play Little League have probably been the Yankees, and most everybody who's played baseball has probably envisioned themselves in the pinstripes at least once. Of course. Like, it's it's the baseball team. You say what you will about others, you know, you just a couple of guys that are in that conversation, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Cubs. But, like, the Yankees are, if, you, if you're if you in a film and you want to actually use a real Major League Baseball hat on somebody, unless you're set in a city, a particular other place, like you're doing a Cincinnati movie for reasons unknown, it's going to be like <laughs> a Yankees hat. Like, it's, it just means baseball. And so, get the chance to go there. I hope tr- Odor can figure it out. I'm trying to think of a movie that's actually... Set in Cincinnati? Set in Cincinnati, and I am drawing a big fat boy. Sleepless in Cincinnati was a direct <laughs> DVD, right? I mean, you had a TV show, WKRP in Cincinnati. There you go. There was another one. Wasn't there one on HBO? Oh, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I, I Cincinnati, I've been to their ballpark. I can say it's, it's cool. It's very fun. Steamboat in center field. It's awesome. Uh, they have a fun team, more or less. Mm-hmm. Nick Castellanos is uh, destroying baseballs. They've um, won more World Series than we have. And uh, I know some historic things about their baseball team. And uh, there are three different Cincinnati Reds, the first one being the first professional baseball team ever, 1869. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cincinnati Red Stockings, who became the Cincinnati Red Stockings, a different team that was in the National League that, that folded. And then there was the Cincinnati Reds, who became oh. this one. My hello, Condor. That's nice. That one went far. That one did go deep. That was but, pretty cool. Yeah, that was about somewhere between fifteen and twenty rows back. Wow. Yeah, 
Well, this looks like a Nick Castellanos kind of play here. Just put it uh, put it where they ain't, which is the seats. <laughs> yeah. Which is where they are because we are the Texas Rangers, and that means we have <laughs> lots of fans in the stands, which is controversial. To say the least. Yeah. Really Maybe. weird watching the game yesterday on television and just seeing all these people there. And even watching it tonight, which is looks like it's a... And I know they were saying that the opening day crowd was going to be an aberration. They weren't going to let crowds in like this in the other games. That does not appear to be true. I think they said the first three games were going to be like that, and then they were going to oh, dial okay. it back. But sure. it's definitely not full. But, yeah, yeah so so I had re- resigned myself to the fact that I was just not going to go to this game. It just wasn't worth the risk and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And you've, but, you had to keep the streak alive. It's been it's 1978, is that right? That is correct. We were, we were willing to let it die. So, at one point, I'd gone on the Rangers' website and said, okay, because I heard on the radio, seats were still available. So, I went and looked. $135 for the cheapest seats. And I'm like, yeah, no. Excuse me? Yeah. On the Rangers' website. Excuse me? Yeah. Do they... For the Texas Rangers? Uh, for the Texas you were, Rangers. You were on the correct Rangers' website. I was. Are the hockey Rangers good this year? Would that, I'm sorry? Would that be reasonable for $135 for the New York Rangers? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. So so then Monday I was at work and I thought, wait a second, let's just see what's going on in StubHub because they still hadn't sold out. And I thought, okay, maybe people were getting desperate on StubHub. And I'd forgotten, I still have a credit from last year's opening day getting canceled. And so I had like $270 in credits with uh, StubHub. So I got a couple seats for $45 a ticket. And so I warned my daughter in advance. I said, we're going to walk in wearing masks, take a photo, and walk straight back out. <laughs> because I just did not feel comfortable being there. There were way too many people without masks. Oh, I, I, masks were definitely a, a distinct minority. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked around for a minute to see if I could see where someone had dropped a magnetic schedule because that's like my big souvenir from opening day but alas no did not get that I did I I did get so close to Emily Jones she was just walking by I could have reached out and touched her I did not but that was kind of cool but yeah we were in okay. there for about three minutes and <laughs> it was nice it was my first time I've been in there three times now I went there the day the sports world shut down last year oh when, that's right that's when that happened Oof. yeah that they'd had a that opened up the park for Arlington residents to come in. You could buy concessions, kind of walk around and see things. And so my daughter and I went that, did that last year, got her picture taken with Chuck Morgan. Um, nice. Yeah. And then we came home and we were watching the Mavericks game and we saw that the NBA had just shut itself down and we're like, wow. So this, the second time I went there was for my first dose of the uh, COVID vaccine. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I got to see the inside a little bit, but I had not seen it with the roof open. So that was the different experience. What did you think? What was the what were the lines like? What was the what was the vista? Um, you know, it's 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 very similar to the old park. You know, in the middle of the day, the good seats in the infield are going to be in the shade. The sh- crappy <laughs> seats in oh, no. upper left field hey, are going to be bathed. Here. You know, we, can, gonna be, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> They were bathed in sunlight, so it's very similar. Um, but the the roof is actually closed, and I don't know if you saw that. Um, there, we've got a wind advisory of 
um, could get over 40 miles an hour. And oh, apparently wow. that's not good for yeah, the roof being open. for baseball. So, um, so they have closed the roof for tonight. So I'm glad I got to see it open yesterday. Interesting. But, uh, you yeah, know, I, I had to say that the watching it, the experience of the television was was very weird. Yeah, you mentioned the people that are in that area behind home plate where you're kind of below ground level. It looks like an amazing place to watch a ball game. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is. Like, I would love to be posted up down there. It, I find it extremely distracting on a broadcast, though, especially with how high the, the new camera angle is because we have that perfect center field camera now. Um, which was also very confusing. I'm so used to the Rangers having an offset camera that it took me a while. Like, I'm still not used to this being the, the home shot. Like, right. I'm, I can picture the TV broadcast of the Rangers on the, in the, the ballpark, like, in my sleep. Like, I, I dream about that. Sure. Um, and I, so I'm still getting used to this actually being, this is, we're at home. Like, this is what it looks like with a big, stupid Globe Life Field sign right there. Yep. In fact, we have a national car rental sign next to it. It just looks really... At least it's not Chico's Bell Bonds. It's a little bit above that. I mean, I would prefer a little bit of flavor, I think. <laughs> I I don't know. I I don't like the backdrop. I find the, the crowd back there to be... It's very busy, and I, it seems very distracting to me, just like watching it. But I, I miss the brick. Like, I... I don't know. This It feels like when... Um, is it the Alamo Dome? Where they would play those last spring training games in uh, San Antonio, they usually Maybe. play like the last game or two there. Yeah, and um, it reminds yeah. me of when you're playing baseball in like an indoor stadium that wasn't built for baseball. So like the signs are all weird. There's no backdrop, and so it's like, yeah, those are some bleachers. You usually just flip them over so they look cool. Like I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard See, to get into it. I, I, I'm not having. Not, in fact, I didn't even notice the people in that section behind home plate until you mentioned them. We were texting yesterday when I was watching it on TV, and I was like, oh, "Sorry, yeah, they're there." No, no, I mean it wasn't it wasn't oh, distracting. No. I mean, maybe a little bit after I saw that they were there, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I think you, you've got to you've got to go see the ballpark and walk around to really I have truly. Heard that. It, it, it's it's it is a beautiful park on the inside. It, it's a it's a tin shed on the outside, but on the inside, it, it really is beautiful. The I was sight just lines are great. Rowley talk about that as well. She's the managing editor at Fangrass, and and the Rangers came up in a podcast she was on, and she referenced it like it looks like butt from the outside, like it looks like a shed. Um, but that you know her contacts, she hasn't been there yet. But with the people that she knows, you know, reporters and stuff like that, we're saying that it, it actually is a pretty pleasant fan experience. So I mean, hopefully things are are feeling a little bit more comfortable, and you know, maybe you can give us the inside scoop on an actual fan perspective sometime this summer. It's uh, that'd be great. Um, but, uh, it's it's not very friendly for the beat writers, from what I've read. Oh, really? From, from Levi and, and Evan, is that I mean, it sounds like. You're sitting on a catwalk that's two inches from the top of the ceiling. You know I mean, it's not oh, quite that bad, but well, yeah, they're way up, and and oh, and that's, that's and there are parts of the field that they just can't see, so they have to rely on monitors to. to oh see man, it. yeah, that's, that's another one of those just sort of weird, stupid oversights, like Agreed. learning eighty percent of the way through design, like oh yeah, it, uh, it uh, doesn't grow grass. <laughs> we tried everything. It's like, did you try not building it fifty feet underground? Well, no. Why would we do that? Like, <laughs> Okay, so the media booth, it can't see the whole park, but what are you going to do? It's like, not build the media booth there. <laughs> That's 
I mean, I'm not an architect. Maybe there's a good reason I'm not an architect. But that seems like something I would have thought of. Hey, the reporter should probably be able to, I don't know, watch the thing that they're talking about. It's, 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 it's still not as bad as the Cowboy Stadium. Um, I'll never forget the, the guys on the, on the morning show and the ticket, the, the musers. They had the architect on while it was still under construction. And Craig Miller brought up, he said, um, don't you think the setting sun in the afternoon is going to be a real problem? Oh, no. <laughs> and the architect just, I mean, he just kind of looked like, uh-oh. Like, he, he just got hit by a bus. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, um, no, no, we've, 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 we've thought about all that all figured sure. out. Yeah. And Jerry has defended it forever. But if you watch Cowboy games, and I watch them, there are points in every single game when one or the other teams are blinded when they're trying to play. <laughs> it's, it is so ridiculous. So, so yeah, it could be Fantastic. worse. It could yeah. be worse. I, I don't. I don't want to gripe about the the ballpark too much. It's, I think it's just gonna be some a uh, bit of a learning process. I kind of checked out last season. I, I did watch games for a while, but I wasn't always paying a lot of attention. Um, I, I think it was easy to just dismiss everything as being fake and nonsensical because it was the twenty twenty season and we only played sixty games and stuff. So right. I, I want to try and give uh, this season more of a a charitable take of the ballpark, but it's been. I find it very distracting. I, it, it feels like we're still playing those Alamo Dome games and that the next one's going to be back in the temple and it'll all be fine and I'll see the big white backdrop and get a little bit of brickwork and real grass. I might be weird in that I, I feel like I can see the grass really easily, like that it's a carpet. Yeah. And it's uh, it's just like little stuff. And I think if the, the team was... Um, maybe a little bit more exciting to me, I would not be distracted by some of these trappings. I probably yep. need to uh, stop being a butt and uh, winning cures Jonah Heim. Winning cures all. There's no doubt. And hopefully but, Mr. Dunning is going to put us on a good track towards that. He's still only giving up the one run, is that correct? I'm that's right, yeah. My TV is far in the distance. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm cheating out here on the, the second screen. So it's Biggio up. We're in the third inning right now. Um, with Bichette waiting, and that was the uh, the bugaboo in the first inning. But, I mean, Dunning looks as advertised. He's not coming out here and striking everybody out with 116-mile-an-hour nutso balls, but he's pitching. And you, this is, I think Dunning is the kind of guy who we're really only getting a sense for what kind of a pitcher he is, like 20 starts in. Like, he, he isn't the electrifying twerp guy who you're really expecting every start to be... Gonzo stuff, right? Lights out. Yeah, he's it's he's I think just gonna pitch. That's another good pitch. Uh, putting Pidgey yep. down, going yep. climbing the ladder there. Um, we just want him to stay effective and to be a useful player and to be a kind of a core part of this team going forward. He's pitching to Heim today, um, who is not rocking Jose Trevino's uh, really boss like hockey style mask. Did you did you see his mask yesterday? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I've seen it on Twitter. He's he's shown it off already. Oh, okay. I must have just he does like the bling. I, I will I will give him that. Yeah, I I, I like it. I dig yeah. it. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun mask. It was kind of cool to see. I, maybe he'd worn it in some of the earlier games. And I just hadn't noticed until last night, but I, I definitely did notice it. Pretty cool split. As uh, blue helmet with the red and white split down the middle for the mask. Yeah, um, seems extremely sort of hockey influenced, and that's cool. I think you know goalie masks are one of the the better things to come out of that. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, out of out of hockey blinging itself up over the last couple of years, you know, get some good jerseys and let guys customize their their masks a little bit. I let the goalies at least do it. So that's fun and cool. And hopefully, this is just kind of what we're seeing from Dunning is this sort of steady performance, not lighting the world on fire, but going out there and being effective and, and being a, a useful part of this rotation for a couple of years. A and there's a one, two, three uh, inning. Yeah. Build a roster around. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I mean, there's so many young kids in this team, and you wonder which ones are going to still be around when we're contending. And I'd mm. say it's, it's more than just one or two. I would say probably five, six, or seven. I mean, you don't have to squint too hard. I mean, obviously, the rotation is nowhere near being set. But, you know, if you think about 2010, we had... CJ, that was his first year starting, was it not? Because he, he had been a closer the year before. Yeah, I think so. He had Ogando, who <sighs> yeah. went from reliever to starter. He had Holland. He had Harrison. So he had all these really, really young guys. Mm-hmm. And then they went out and traded for Cliff Lee at the deadline, and, and the rest is history. So, you know... You don't have to have five Clayton Kershaws on your team. You can have four workmanlike pitchers and, and go and find your ace if you need to. I, I really just I don't think they're that far away. I think in a couple of years this team is going to be a whole lot of fun, and and we're going to look back and see a lot of the pieces were in place beginning in this year. I think that's the hope, and there's definitely been some some fun things to look at. Obviously, Nate Lowe's start has been extremely fun. Joey Gallo is just good, yep, um, and that's cool. And if Dunning can be doing that, you know, if we can get some some cool start. I mean, I don't. Jordan Lyles is not going to be around on this team, but maybe he's no. a guy who pitches well enough to be turned into some of those parts. Yeah, um, we talked about some of these other you know guys that we're we're looking at. Jonah Heim, Jose Trevino is an interesting player. Isaiah Kiner Falefa is obviously doing. Izzy stuff so far just yep. sitting there at the top he's not really a, a traditional or new wave leadoff hitter he's neither the electrifying center fielder who steals 50 bags nor is he the the sort of I, I, I don't know what the how I would describe it but you know sort of the Shinsu Chu approach to the, the leadoff guy but this is mm-hmm. a dude who's going to carry a 400 OBP who sees 15 pitches and at bad and you know does all or the the George Springer type of leadoff of like this guy's gonna hit bombs right he's like a, I don't know, he's he's just a weird guy to have at the top of the lineup but he seems comfortable there he's and doing the job so far yeah he sparks our offense he, he does it in you know the way we, we used to talk about with the leadoff guy their job is to like spark the offense and it turns out their job is to hit baseballs and so you want to put a good hitter up front because they see the most at bats all season. That's that's uh, basic stats, but he does kind of do that, and he is working some good plate appearances. Yeah, maybe not the the greatest fly out to left field in the history of sports, there, <laughs> but a perfectly serviceable plate appearance. But how many times did we watch Ian Kinsler just pop it almost straight up? It used to drive me insane. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I guess I guess is he is in a, a little bit. He's still not even the Kenser because Kenser was really more of a, no. a base threat uh, yeah. early, and then kind of grew into more of the power. He's uh, a Michael Young starter kit. That's what I think he is. He really is a, a very Mike, and that's more of a, a traditional like '90s three-hole hitter kind of guy. Yeah, uh, he wasn't the big power dude, but like he took good at bats and batted around 300. 
wasn't a 400 OBP guy, but like just was a pretty good, you know, a professional player. We would have called him mm-hmm. in 1997. Um, so. I'm, I don't know what we call him now is the problem. It would be easier to talk about Isaiah Kiner for life at 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> he's just he's a guy, and uh, I'm glad he's our guy. He's been fun. And he's at, at the, the minimum, I think that he he will be, you know, like a super utility guy when this team is is contending for a World Series. He maybe he's he doesn't stick at a position. You know, maybe you know a better shortstop comes along. Maybe he gets rotated over to second. Who knows? But. Mm-hmm. I think that he's a guy that would be on a World Series team. I would say him. I would say Heim. Uh, obviously, Joey. Um, you know, Nate Lowe. Maybe he's your first base in the, of the future. Um, Tavares. You know, there's a lot to dream on there as long as he can start getting hits. D- David Dahl. I think if he performs, he, we've still got some team control over him. I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, end up staying long term. I would love nothing better than if, if he can get his performance back up to what it was pre-2020, and he just got a single here. So, you know, he's a guy that could be on the World Series team. So th- there's a lot here. You know, it's just the rest of it that, that we haven't mentioned yeah. is really bad. <laughs> there are some other parts. Like, it, it turns out Major League teams are encouraged to field bullpens. and uh, yeah. yeah. You know, whatever. Well, Who needs a bullpen if you score 30 runs a game? Yeah, but when you trade away Montero and you trade away, oh, who did we trade for Kluber? Um, well, it was uh, Kella, who a couple of no. years ago, and then this time it was, um, oh, no. He came up tra- out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Man. Uh, he was the guy that that we traded the catcher we had down in AAA for. Dang, it's going to drive me crazy. But then also on top of that, then Hernandez and LeClerc get hurt. So yeah. you keep trading away your, your good relievers. And then your other good players get hurt. Emmanuel Classe. That's it. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. What is he up to? I don't think I've seen him yet this season, so... He got suspended last year, didn't he? He has appeared in a game... I believe he was suspended last year. He has appeared... He's pitched one inning for Cleveland. That's why I haven't seen him. I think I've only watched, like, one Cleveland game. Yeah. Um, Something did happen with him last year. Yeah. He had a... um, I I thought it was a PEDs. Yeah, well, that's fun. Yeah. Anyway, I'm hoping Joey puts one of the seats here and uh, and lets me go home happy. I'm home. I don't know why I said go home happy. I'm just <laughs> sitting at my computer, <laughs> just doing this thing. Uh, and, of course, we haven't even mentioned this is a, a Tanner Roark special, former beloved Texas Ranger Tanner Roark, still, still hanging around. Yep. St- still doing his thing. That's uh, that's baseball for you, baby. I'm gonna. Oh man, so so much room on the left side of the infield, and, and Joey managed to find the only person who was over there. That yep. ball is like five feet to the left. That's easily out into the grass. It's all the way to the outfield wall. Possibly. Are they, no, are they, they still? Didn't have their left fielder isn't isn't shifted over so much. So yeah, because uh, a lot of teams were. Um, Actually, like counter shifting him in the outfield, where they play their their outfielders for him to go the other way. I think the idea being that if he's ripping one down the the line, it's probably out, and there's really no point in playing down the right field line with Joey Gallo, right? Because it's probably just getting gone. It's in the popcorn machine. God, I hope he hits that thing again this year. Well, I, I feel bad for one, the person who works. I'm guessing it, <laughs> New Park. So uh, yeah. 
Sorry, probably not a popcorn machine out in right field, I would guess. Oh, I thought we had one down there again. No, that was that was two years ago. Yeah, I thought we I thought they'd had something out. Well, we need to get a target for them then. This is stupid. We do. This we is dumb. Do. That's the problem. We've distracted our golden. We need boy. some Rangers concession employee mm-hmm. to be in fear at all times whenever Joey is up to bad. Yeah, give, you pay him hazard pay. Give him an extra like two dollars an hour or whatever. Like it'd be fine. And, well, uh, look at this, man, Nate Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> cool. It's his third home run. Uh, is his, Nate Lowe good? Look at him smiling too. And he, his thirteenth RBI in in thirteenth and plus fourteenth, right? Because was he up to twelve after the first one? That was another two run shot. Dahl was on. Yeah, that was twelve. And he just got one on this one, or is there someone on base? Yeah, Dahl was out there. Oh, that's right. Hello. Yeah, fourteen. Yeah. Good. That's Good insane. Night. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll I'll take Nate Lowe being um like when the Rays get these guys, it's like, yeah, of course this guy's amazing. The Rays picked him, you know, he's, and then you know, they trade it off, it's like uh, all the shine's gonna come off of him, his fairy magic's gonna go away. I would be completely okay with just keeping good Nate Lowe. Yeah. That sounds real fun. Real, real fun. So who do we have coming up after uh, the Jays? You know, I haven't even like looked ahead. I'm doing I'm doing a terrible job of, of paying a whole lot of attention to upcoming schedules. We got one more. It's a Hinged Ryu and Gibson for the Wednesday, off Thursday, and then we are welcoming the San Diego Padres, potentially Sans Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh, I don't um, think it's potentially. I think it's definitely. Oh, I think he did go on the IL for sure. They're yeah. they're hoping it's gonna be a surgery avoidance. So for anyone who has not seen Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, subluxated his shoulder. He dislocated basically his uh, left shoulder swinging at a pitch. And it looked pretty bad. I mean, he went down bad immediately and it was not fun. The only uh, thing that I can liken that to was when Dean Palmer swung at a pitch and his bicep d- detached yeah. and rolled up his, his upper arm. That was gruesome to watch. Yeah, not a big fan of that kind of stuff, really. No, no, really not. We don't, we don't love to see it. So hopefully he's fine, and this is one of those things that you know, they have to kind of manage it. You know, and obviously people have this kind of recurring injury where you, you pop your shoulders out a lot, that kind of thing. Most of those people aren't professional baseball players who are swinging with that shoulder. So, And most people don't have the, the uh, best physicians in the country at the, at the ready the, the Potters have already invested $340 million in, in that man, and I think they're happy to invest uh, a few doctor bills more to make yep. sure that he's fine. So we won't see him. The rest of that roster is very fun. Um, I don't know if we're in, going to be in line for another Darvish start. He should be starting maybe tomorrow for them. Let me see if he's already on the... Uh, Ooh, select with the steal. Probable starters anywhere. Uh, Darvish is supposed to go tonight, actually, so we would be in line to see him this weekend. That'd be yeah. kind of fun. A little bit of a homecoming. I wouldn't mind getting. Oh, so like just still third. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. I, they they had talked a lot in spring training about wanting to be fast, aggressive. You know, like take those bags when they're being available. We'll see if that's another thing that they're actually going to do. That was like on back to back pitches, though. I think it was, yeah. I mean, does, I mean, does the something I like here from Roark? Does the Blue Jays oh, well, catcher give him the lead like that too? Yeah, that's they're, true. They're not holding him. Oh, that was a terrible slide. 
<laughs> he looked like he needed to think about it right at the end there. <laughs> like, wait, which leg? Oh, no. He made it work, though. He got in. Oh, Condor. That was your pitch, buddy. It's fine. Put him on the seats. Anyway, um, I think we are going to uh, call it there. We'll, we'll yep. leave everyone in... Um, just uncertainty. What happens next? Do the Rangers pull this off? You probably know because you've almost certainly seen this box score before listening to this podcast. But we're going to suspend that disbelief for a moment here. Who knows what happens? Surely in they the wouldn't blow future. a four-point lead. Uh, <laughs> you were asking that thing about how you don't need to actually have a bullpen. We're going to yeah. test that tonight. How many yeah. home runs does Nate Lowe need to hit before relief pitching doesn't matter? 13. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. Go Rangers. Stay tuned for this. We'll see you all next weekend. Go Rangers.